Bear, quick question. Did you, you mentioned Meredith from Grey's Anatomy. Did you watch Grey's Anatomy like start to finish? I did. I was super invested for a long period of time and I kind of fell off like when residency started, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And I started watching other things, but I need to catch up. I think I have like two more seasons to like be fully caught up, but I was watching Die Hard Fan like back in the good old days with the LVAD and all that. So um, definitely dedicated, but I need to get back to it. I've actually never watched it, um, but I remember like yeah. all throughout pharmacy school, like literally my one of my roommates was obsessed and like just watching the turmoil that they went through when like characters would die and stuff. I was just like, I don't know if I want to touch this. I don't know if I'm like emotionally stable enough to no. get into it. <laughs> you have to be in the right headspace. Like if you're not feeling like a cry or like emotional like turmoil, like you mentioned, it'll just mess you up. Um, but it was really cool because there were episodes that would line up with what we were learning in pharmacy school and I was really? still watching. And I was like, oh, okay, I've heard of those medications before. Like, I know what that does. I see you all. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Very medically accurate, if you will. Oh, my God. Wait, imagine, like, dream career for you would be, like, imagine if you were, like, the fact checker. Like, you could, like, fact check things. Oh, my God. My mom and I were literally just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> I, Grey's Anatomy, hit me up. Shonda Rhimes, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm available. Like, my DMs are open. I am I would love to do that. Exactly. Mare is ready. So this is kind of a good segue, actually. Mare, congratulations. Tell everyone. So you just graduated from your PGY2 in emergency medicine pharmacy, right? Yes, that's correct. So I did two years of residency after I finished pharmacy school. I was at the same institution for both years. I did a first year in general acute care, and then I did my second year specializing in emergency medicine. And I just recently finished that up and I got hired to stay on in a per diem capacity. And hopefully that turns into something full time very soon here. How did you choose like PGY1 in what and PGY2 in what to like make it compatible? Because like I didn't realize until recently you can kind of like mix and match things like that. Totally. Yeah. So for me, the way that I went into pharmacy in general, I actually shadowed somebody in the AmCare, ambulatory care, outpatient clinic vibe setting. And it was something that I loved. I thought it was really great that patient interaction with pharmacists and then how much the providers counted on the pharmacist for their recommendations. Um, but I went into pharmacy school and I started learning more and I started shadowing more and having some of my rotations. I was like, I'm not so sure like outpatient is really for me. I think I like more of the hustle and bustle of inpatient. And when I was in my final year of pharmacy school, I did a three-year program. So in my third year, I did an ICU rotation and I loved it. I was obsessed. I had never heard of half the things that we were doing, most of the drugs that I was dealing with on a daily basis, but I loved just the high acuity, all of the different disease states. And I was like, the only thing that can make me want like love doing critical care, but in a different setting would be the emergency department. And that was my very next rotation. And so I went there and I was obsessed. I loved it. I loved being on my feet. I loved the fact that we didn't have to like round. I realized that I loved not knowing a lot about patients and really having to work with a limited amount of information. And so the steps to become like a second year in emergency medicine is doing a first year in the inpatient side. So within the hospital, acute care is what the name of my program was. And then I early committed outside of the match uh, to stay on as a second year and do emergency medicine. And now I'm here. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. So like what? I always love like hearing about, we had like an emergency medicine resident come on. Um, and like I was talking to Rudy on Instagram about how yes. like in pharmacy school, like all of us have like dreamed like fantasized about having that like kind of intense like emergency or like crit care kind of like experience. Um, what was like some of like the craziest things that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, being in the emergency department, I have definitely seen my fair share of things. We see people who get uh, caught in machines in, like, work areas. Uh, we have, obviously, with the 4th of July having just been yesterday when we're recording this, um, I have seen hands, um, fingers blown off. I've seen um, injuries to the face for that. We obviously do a lot of other work. I work in both an adult and a pediatric 
um, emergency department. So we get to see a lot of different cases there. We obviously, we're a trauma one center. So we see all of the motor vehicle accidents, motorcycle crashes, um, all of those different things like that. Um, we're in a highly populous area as well. And so we just get not only the people in our area, but because of our services from all over the place. And so we've definitely seen some crazy things over the last couple of years. Um, and it's just, it's always like the traumas. And I think for me as a pharmacy student, things I never thought I'd be involved in include thoracotomies. Mm. Feel free to look up thoracotomies if you have the stomach for it, basically where you crack the chest and expose the heart. So having seen my fellow medical professionals uh, massaging the heart and giving intracardiac epi has definitely been some of the highlights um, of my career and my experience thus far. So definitely something like if you're ever interested in emergency medicine in any capacity, recommend shadowing because you never know what you'll come across. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is like insane. I literally cannot imagine just like going into work because like you don't really know what's going to happen. That's no. like one of the things that you can't like work up ahead of time, right? Exactly. You have a pager that you carry with you and you have the code system overhead and they'll just page out what's happening and you can get a 911 CPR. So like a trauma CPR versus like a 944 CPR, which is like a medical emergency CPR. And it can happen at any point. You also have the hospital. We also cover the code service for our hospital as well. So at any point, at any time, things can really pop off. And so... It's just really about like being ready and knowing your stuff. So definitely learned a couple of skills over the last couple of years. Yeah. Now I have a question. When that pager goes off, does that activate? Are you always like, let's go, like excited when the pager goes off? Or is there ever moments where you're, I'm also not well versed in pagers. Does the pager say what's going on or is it just come down? Okay. So first like of all, now. a pager, also foreign concept to me. Like I, we're not like yeah. that old, but like all of my okay. preceptors and whatnot were like, how do you like not know how to function a pager super well right off the bat? I was like, I grew up with a cell phone. Like, everything is very different now. And they're yeah, like, like okay. where are the emojis on this? Oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, how do I reply to somebody, like, being, like, ecstatic about something without, yeah, like, yeah. any of my normal functions? They're like, it'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, fantastic. But the pager itself, it'll tell you, like, what the code is. So we have, like, trauma codes, 911-922-933. And then 944 is our medical code. And then it'll give you a brief synopsis. So that was, like, something we integrated this year was, like, a quick little, um, like, age, vitals, things like that. Kind of give you a rundown of the scenario so you can show up prepared. Um, so the little notes are really helpful. It helps me as a pharmacist uh, show up to the bedside a lot more prepared and a lot more ready for what may be happening and a lot better at predicting. Um, so it was really cool. It's something that, again, never thought I'd ever have to carry a pager. Um, and now I do it. Now I know how to use it really well. Um, I sometimes yeah. love it so much that I leave the hospital with it and have to oh, drive no. back and drop it back off. And I, Now I like pat myself down completely. And I'm like, I'm not leaving here with anything that doesn't belong to me. Um, yeah. But yeah. It took like I'm a month dead. of that. You've seen, like, a lot of emergency medicine now. What is something that, like, when you have kids someday, like, you're not going to let them do just because you know how it goes? You know, it's the thing with the pediatric cases especially is that so many of them can be accident-based. So many of them can Mm. be not necessarily, like, things that are within our control, but it's just the nature of children being, like, who they are. They're trying to discover the world and, like, they explore. Something in toxicology we talk about is, like, kids learn and explore this world with their mouths. Like, their very first (laughs) thing to do is, like, stick everything in their mouth. And, like, for us, I'm like, please don't do that. Most of these things are so dangerous. Um, But I have friends now with kids, and they do it, and it's, like, it's just, like, their initial reaction. And so there's so many things where I'm like, oh, like, I would, like, want to keep my kid from doing it, but I balance that with, like, there's so many things I still want them to experience and get to be a part of. But, like, on a general scope, a thing I have written off is ATVs. As an adult, as a child, they're so bottom-heavy, and they have a high propensity of, like, flipping and, like, getting caught underneath them or, like, huge accidents. So I'm not a big ATV gal to each their own, but I've seen a good number of ATV accidents. 
motorcycles, uh, not a big fan. Oh, geez. There's yeah. a good way and there's a right way to do these things, obviously. That's not to say that to write everyone off, but um, things like that. And then in the summer, like pool safety and lake safety are really big things um, in general. And like fireworks, like please don't hold them. They like light up and they're very <laughs> hot. Like, please don't hold them. <laughs> like I'm like begging everyone. <laughs> Um, so it's like small things like that. Like, again, most of the things that happen are non-accidental. And so at the end of the day, it's really just like, I think I'm just going to watch my kids really closely. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. think I'd be like a helicopter type of parent, but like, maybe I will. I don't know. I will like see what the maternal instincts are like, hopefully one day when I have kids. But for right now, I just like everything with caution. Like, you know, everything with moderation, everything with caution. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's very emergency. Well read. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Me just like trying to process everything and be like, okay, so how do I avoid this, but like not be afraid of everything is kind of where I'm at these days. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally Rudy and I on our last episode, we're talking about how like just being in pharmacy, like we're so afraid of everything now. I'm like, my kidneys are gold. My liver is my everything. (laughs) preserve my organ function literally like I like I keep all the perfusion going like do what yes. I need to do like oh yes. my god and I also like I don't know being in healthcare and I feel like you as both having been trained as a pharmacist and also being a dentist we're in such an echo chamber of seeing like when people need help like for me yes. I like have to remind myself that oh like this isn't the norm like this isn't happening to everyone all the time but like we're in the unique positions of like getting to help those people and so I'm always like, ah, deep breath. Like, it'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's actually such a good point. I, like, never thought about it. But it's, like, by the time you're seeing one of us, like, something has happened and, like, try to avoid seeing us. (laughs) Exactly. And think about how many people we, like, don't see. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go grocery shopping after work and I'm like, oh, like, like, you guys are all cool functioning. Like, we're all right. Yeah. What do you think, like, makes someone really good at being in, like, that emergency department? Because I would imagine you have to be, like, cool and calm-headed, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I was not when I first started this whole experience, <laughs> if I'm being quite frank. Like, I still, every once in a while, depending on the case, will get this, like, huge adrenaline rush. Like, like the shaking, everything like that. And I think that's only fair given where I'm at. But I think some of the qualities that make people really good at this job and things I really see that my preceptors do and are role models for me for are they know where their resources are they know how to navigate like hard scenarios and hard social scenarios I think for me being able to communicate and learning how to do that in high intensity situations has been the Mm. biggest learning like the clinical stuff you kind of almost nail down in your first year and you obviously have a lot to learn in the second year but how to communicate with people and get your point across and do so just like professionally Um, And succinctly, Mm -hmm. while like things are actively happening in front of you, uh, if you're able to do that, navigate social scenarios, um, be able to uh, converse with people, like being personable, I think is such a big part of what we do. Um, And at the Mm -hmm. same time, again, utilizing your resources and being willing to step up. There are so many things I never thought I'd do as a pharmacy resident, as a pharmacist in general when I was in pharmacy school, like that I do now um, with like all the different things that we see. And so being ready to jump in when you can and like thinking on the fly, you can think on the fly and like keep a cool head about it or at least be willing to learn how, then I think anybody can like really excel in this space. Oh my gosh, that's, well, first of all, that's like so reassuring to like yeah. hear you be vulnerable about how it wasn't natural because I feel like it's really easy to look at people and be like, oh, they were made for this and therefore I'm not made for this because I don't feel that same way. 100%. And that's like so not true. Yeah, it's not true in the slightest. Are you kidding me? Like after my first year, I was like, oh, like it's just, just doing the same thing, but like in a different setting. But until you're left alone and you do some of these high intensity mm. cases on your own, like all by yourself, you don't realize how much you have to adapt and adjust. Do you have any tips for anyone too that like they're probably, it's just, you know, starting out and they need that kind of communication tips with patients or anything like that. What's your like biggest takeaway or tip? 
Absolutely. I think is understanding your learning style to start. So I think for me, when you're a, a new appy student, so in your last year of pharmacy school doing rotations, or if you're just a new learner in any scenario, if there's anything that you want to learn or be better at, even to this day, things that I like to do, have the person who's in charge of you model it for you. See how they go uh. about doing it and see how you can work with what you, like who you are, your personality and how you can make that mesh together. I think that's been the biggest learning for me. Even to this day, like I was just a resident like 10 days ago and everyone now and then like I'll see my preceptor or like now my colleague do something and I'm like, oh, that's like a really great way. Like I reflect, think about the way that I approach things or have had a similar scenario. How can I improve? Because you can always improve. I think that's another important thing is like being humble and like being able to like recognize that while you continue to grow, there's always room for more improvement. And that's a really great thing. A part of being in healthcare is like we're lifelong yeah. learners. I don't know. You, I don't know if you hear that in dentistry school, like as much as we heard it totally. in pharmacy school, like lifelong learning is great. So being open, being understanding. Um, and at the same time, like put yourself in those positions to take on more, like as, as you're comfortable, obviously don't try to oversell or anything. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody, but show that you're being, you're willing to learn something that we always say, like within our group and our unit is like, you can teach anyone anything, but you can't teach them the willingness to learn. So if oh, you show up like that, like any preceptors, I think us as like future, hopefully preceptors or like working with students, like that's the type of thing that I love to see is like when someone's just interested and it want, it makes mm-hmm. me want to like share more and like talk more because we're like having a dialogue about it. And I don't feel like I'm just talking to thin air and like boring right. them. And I'm like out here like passionate as heck about everything. And they're like, oh, sure. And I'm like, oh, my bad. I overshare. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, so we're not like that? Okay, we're not like that. Exactly, exactly. And I'm just like, but the people who are like, oh, interesting. And then like with follow-up yeah. questions, like just immerse yourself, like really embrace the environment you're in and try to connect with the people you work with because people have so much to share and people don't get to these places and uh, try to do these things because they want to gatekeep or anything like that. They mm. really, really just want to like be able to share their experience and hopefully like bring in the next generation of pharmacists that are doing the same thing. Oh, that's so beautiful. Now, do you miss, like, I, I know it's only been 10 days, yeah. but like, do you miss <laughs> residency at all? Like what was like your highs and like your lows of residency? Yeah, no, I don't miss it. I'm going to be quite frank. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I loved it. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I had a yeah. closeout with my director and he was like, so like, would you do it again? And I was like, a hundred percent. Like I would do it. Oh. I would, I, I don't regret any choices that I made. I think I ended up at the exact institution I was meant to be at. Um, it was the place I ranked number one and I matched there and I got to early commit and stay there. Like this was the group that I knew I wanted to be with and where the environment I wanted to work in and the people I wanted to be around. And so for me, loved it. I would do it one time, one singular time, which I did. (laughs) And I, exactly. And I did it and it's done now. Um, loved it. It's exactly how I, the path that I needed to take in order to get where I am today to do what I love to do. Cause I love what I do. Don't get me wrong, but like residency is tough. I think the highest highs for me were I finally published a paper. Your girl is not research centered, like in the slightest. And I've done two research projects now, which have done phenomenally. And I'm so lucky to have, again, it's the mentors that I had. Um, yeah. Being able to present at a research conference and like get the best overall, amazing. And then congratulations. Thank you. No, I literally, <laughs> the first year of that, I had COVID. And so like I literally couldn't oh. go. And then to yeah. go this year and like not only see everyone, um, but to like present my work that my preceptor and I had worked so hard on, it was amazing, had a phenomenal time. Um, but I think for me, the highest things were like patient care. Like there's so many moments where I would stand there. I'm the only pharmacist. I would work overnights mm. alone. Sometimes I'd be one of like four pharmacists. Um, I don't even know how many of us there were. And it really just comes down to me and to like yeah. trust in myself and like build that confidence and to see how everything that everyone's taught me come to fruition. And like, I was building my own practice. Like there are certain scenarios that stick out where like I realize 
I was the pharmacist and like, these are the ways I would do things. It was like kind of a melting pot of what everyone taught me. Um, and I was like able to apply it and step up and do it and do it on my own. But I think a lot of the lows um, definitely have to do with like a lot of the pediatric cases. They're really tough. Got that, it. This job is like a very emotionally taxing to a certain extent. I think you have to have very healthy coping mechanisms, like really be able to lean on the people you work with and be in a like safe environment where you feel like you can like process these things um, in a way that's yeah. best for you. Um, so I definitely had a good number of those over the years that I definitely coming out of it. There was a case where I realized like while these things are sad and whatnot, I was able to keep my cool, calm composure, like do everything that I needed to do and everything that I needed to do for that person to like be in the best place that they could be. And it just felt really re- rewarding and reassuring, but it takes a lot of growth because from the very, very first rotation of residency, things were not smooth sailing. And it took until I think quite literally like my second to last week for me to feel like, okay, like I can do this now without like completely losing it or like needing backup, <laughs> like three other pharmacists or anything like that. So it takes a yeah. long time and it, it, it's not easy in the slightest at all. So to go through it, I think was definitely important and it makes me appreciate like what we do a lot more. I loved it though. Like, don't get me wrong. It was exactly what I needed to get like where I want to be. I have amazing co-residents, like friends for life, like preceptors who have become like family to me and I couldn't have done it without them. And so highly recommend if you like know what you want to do and where you want to go, like this path is worth it. Um, and I definitely wouldn't have learned this much uh, had I not just like been in it every single day like I was. Honestly, it's like so reassuring to hear you say all of that because like I said, like people are probably out there thinking like, oh, like it's it's hard. Like like you said, your first rotation, literally a residency was really hard. I have to say like, I don't know what it is. I like love your aura. You're just like so like confident and like cool. And like, were you always like this like as a kid or do you feel like you like really grew into that? No, I feel like I've always been like that mature for my age type of kid. I don't know. Like uh-huh. I think it comes from my mom. Like she's just, I, oh. like I said, I think I, like from a young age, I always like watched the way that she did things. And I love to see the uh-huh. way that she connected with people because she's just so good at it. And I learned mm. like that doesn't necessarily not apply to me just because I'm a child or anything like that. And I think I've always been outgoing and to a certain extent, like mm. I love the idea of bringing people together. My friends can definitely attest to this. Like I force all of my friends from all my different friend groups to like meet and like get to know each other. And now they all know each other. And I do this <laughs> all the time. Like I'm notorious. Like I just, and it was a part of the reason I wanted to go into emergency medicine. It's so funny you ask. Like I'm so fascinated by the fact that like we all exist in this period of time. And so do, does like everybody else that we meet. And, like, what are the chances of that? And, like, what is everyone oh, doing? Like, yeah. I live such, like, a certain life and I'm, like, on a certain path. But, like, I've now met you because of social media and you do something yeah. so unique and different that, like, I would never have the opportunity otherwise. And, like, how many people do what you do? You know what I mean? And so there's only so much I can, like, gain and, like, like benefit from that as a person. Like, it inspires me to see what you do. And then at the same time, for me to be, like... Like, I want to incorporate that in my life somehow. Like, how can I be that type of person and, like, bring that energy to the things that I do? Because I also can have an impact on a day-to-day. So, for me, it's really just, like, the human connection and experience has always been, like, something that I've, like, really been into. And so, like, being able to, like, better that across the board, I think, is kind of where, like, how I am, like, comes from. (laughs) Yeah. I actually love it. It reminds me of that quote. It's, like, what a beautiful thing it was for us to have, like, met or, like, crossed paths or something. It's, like, so powerful. And also just, like, like, I love how your approach and attitude with it is, like, oh, like, seeing other people do it, it's, like, proof. Like, that's, like, the best. Instead of thinking, like, oh, like, I wish I could do that or, like, jealousy, um, comparison, all that stuff. It's, like, other people are living proof. 
A hundred percent. And I think there's like this idea that there's this finite amount of success in the world that exists. Yes. And like I too myself, like every now and then I'll get imposter syndrome like over the mm-hmm. last year and like as I transition to this new role of like like am I really doing things? Like does it really matter? Like yeah. like why are people turning to me? Like I don't really know that much. But at the end of the day, I think it's because I think so many people around me know so much more than me, but that's not to say I don't know something and that I'm not eventually going to know those things. Like like comparison is a thief of joy for a reason. And the fact of the mm-hmm. matter is, is we all have a potential. It's just achieving it and it exists and it's within our like own control. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be personally a lot better about like embodying that and like living up to that. What I think my potential is hopefully overshooting it too, but um, we'll <laughs> yeah, see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. This is like totally a random question. Okay. What's up? But do you, do you read books? <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> like maybe like, oh, I want, I really want to Connie. I have a nice stack of really great books. I've heard nothing but great stack. things about it. But do you, like, okay, where did the question come from? Do you have like a recommendation for me? Because, or? well, I was like, she's just so cool and like well versed and like worldly. I'm like, does she read self-help books? Because I, well, okay. Oh. So I actually do have some recommendations because I okay. love self-help books. Yes. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe she's read them. Uh, 101 essays to change the way you think. It's in that, that stack, Connie. It's in yes! the stack. Okay, okay, read it. This is your okay, sign. It's there. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, absolutely. Let me think of what else. One of the books, now I haven't gotten through it yet. And it's kind of ironic because it's called The Obstacle is the Way. Have you read oh my that God. one? <laughs> no, I've heard of that one though. So I'll definitely have to have you, you haven't read it. So what happened is I started reading it because my licensure exam, I was so stressed out. I was like, this is the obstacle. Like, I need to figure out the way through the yes, obstacle. Um, but then the obstacle passed, and I didn't finish the book, and now <laughs> the obstacle's gone. So I haven't been reading it. Oh I'm God. like, no need. <laughs> but I need it. No, I um, love that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I also can do it. Do you have a Kindle, or do you like, like, physical? You said it was a stack, right? I, I, yeah, I have a physical stack. I, I think if I read more consistently, I would definitely get on the Kindle, like, hype and everything like that. My friends have Kindles, and they're obsessed. They yeah. love it. Um, and they seem really great. I think I had, like, the very first version when I was in high school, and I really, really enjoyed it, but kind of fell off when I got into undergrad and pharmacy school and so forth. Oh, I feel that. Other one that I've read is called You're a Badass, and it was something that helped tamper my like I think imposter syndrome as I was going through pharmacy school and being like oh can I do this like where do I see myself like what does the future look like um I finished that one really enjoyed that would highly recommend okay I have to finish that one that one I like started it's kind of funny because I tend to like start things and then once I feel like I don't need them I don't finish it but like I I do need to finish it I started that one when I was deciding between like finishing pharmacy school and then like going to dental oh my god and then I was like and then I decided and then I just stopped reading it and I was like I guess I don't need to be a badass anymore (laughs) I'm already a badass I don't need to like learn how to do it I'm I'm living it Yeah, which is so funny. I had this thought on the treadmill today. I don't know if yeah. this is like a young millennial Gen Z thing now, but whenever I'm like in a tough situation, I just repeat to myself like, she a baddie, she knows she a 10. Okay, and then I like go into it. 100%. Like, wow. I put on like some like old school Madonna or something, like yes. um, anything like that, some Britney Spears, and I just like pretend like yes. I'm walking toward whatever I'm heading toward and like nothing can stop me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's why I cycle. I, I like that. all the high intensity music and like all the intense like movements. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my question for Cycle is, I love the vibe, right? Like, I love the music. I love everything about cycling. The only thing is, like, my friends are obsessed with it, and, like, I haven't fully gotten to that level yet, is it just hurts my butt too much. Like, my butt must be bony or something. No, and you know what? Fair. Totally fair. The other thing (laughs) is have somebody from the front desk, like, help you set up your bike again and let them know what your concerns are. Because I've had friends who have taken, and they're like, their butt hurts, like, after their first class. And they're like, I never want to do this. I don't understand why you like this. It yes. really is just about making adjustments. And if the way they adjust it doesn't work for you, 
make more minor adjustments as far as like seat depth. You may be sitting like really close or really far back depending on like where it is. So like making adjustments. So give it another shot if you're like open and willing. Okay. Um, yes. and see if somebody else can help set you up and then like do a couple of like practice, like up downs, like right before the class and like see how it feels, um, and okay. go from there. It's just, it's very minor tweaks, but when you find your setup, yep. life changing, game changing, and then you're in so it. So it's not supposed to hurt. It's not. You're no, right. it should. Okay. <laughs> it should hurt in like, like a good way. Like, in a, like I worked right. out type of way. <laughs> okay. But like your bones shouldn't hurt. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Otherwise then I'll be seeing you in the emergency room. <laughs> you will be. You will be. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. See, my problem is that like I'm a very – it's funny because on here I preach. I'm like speak your truth, independent woman. Yeah. But then when I'm out in public and I need to speak up like non-dairy milk in my coffee or something, I'm like, <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. No need. No need. Perfect. Like, I I'm so like 100%. non-confrontational. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I'm literally like – they're like, oh, they're giving me a complete wrong word. I was like, oh my god, thank yeah. you so much. I hope thank you have you. a great day. Like this was yeah. – this has been amazing. <laughs> So that was catching up on all things going on in Mayor's pharmacy life. Now, Mayor, we have very we have a very important job at hand now. Uh, yeah. It is time to break down the three small talk stories for you guys to share with your patients, with your coworkers at work. Um, we're gonna hit you guys with a pop culture article, and then a human interest article, and then a feel good article to hopefully cover everything because i noticed when i was looking for stories yeah. um particularly human interest ones my fiance was like you like dark stories and i was like what are you talking about he's like why do you keep choosing stories about like child falls off roller coaster woman is buried and i was like i don't know i just think these are interesting they are human interest they're connie's yes. human. connie's a human and it's of interest i love it <laughs> exactly i am i am the human that the- is interested <laughs> i love it now i have a really good friend and she like like loves all the um, what is it, the, like, murder mystery types of things? And, yeah, like, like, thriller. Thriller, exactly. Okay, that was the genre I was looking for. And me, I'm, like, kind of, like, indifferent about it. So I love when, like, people are very passionate about it and, like, want to share more and, like, we can chat about it because I'm, like, I would never look into this on my own. So it's yeah, lo- looking exactly. forward to it. Yeah. That's the fun part of finding stories. It's kind of, like... I feel like a story is just a story if you, like, read it or whatever. But then once you start having a conversation about it, it becomes so much more, like, real and, like, I don't know, important. So this first one, I'm pulling this first one up. Um, I'm the person with, like, a million tabs. So I'm like, get out of here, bravo. I'm like, I don't need this one. (laughs) No, I literally closed my Hulu before this because I was watching Love Island. And I was like, I would hate for, like, the theme song to just come on right in the middle. (laughs) I would love for that to happen. Don't you worry. That is welcome here. I'm dead. The pop culture article for today. <clears throat> From human ashes to cell phones, what's going on with concert fans throwing things at stars lately? Okay, so Mare, I don't so we discussed about this a little bit off air, but what have you heard so far about this? Like who's been throwing what, whatnot? Exactly. Okay, so the first thing I heard was about Kelsey Ballerini or no no no, yeah. was it somebody else? It was um BB Rexa? BB Rexa. My girl BB, are you kidding me? Someone threw a cell phone oh at her. BB. I was like She's just been she dropping hurts too. Banger. Exactly. I was like, you threw a phone and it hit her in the face. Like, like, I know people want to like capture those moments, you know, like, like back in the day with Snapchat or even now, like someone records like the entire crowd with the singer and whatnot. Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah. If you think about like any other person, including celebrities who are people, like if you throw a cell phone at them, it's going to hurt. They're not like ready to catch it. Like that's not their intention up on the stage. And I was like, that looked really painful and like happened in front of everyone and need to like, yeah, take a she break. had a black eye or something. Yeah. And she, I think she ended up like needing to leave early. I could be wrong about that, but I was like, 
Yes. That's she she traumatic. did. And I would hate that's exactly what it is. It's traumatic because yes. think about now, every time the artist steps out on stage, or even people that haven't been hit yet, they're probably gonna have in the back of their head, what if someone throws something at me? And that's like insane. That's like should be the last thing on your list. <laughs> Agree. No, and Adele, I think, literally just came out yesterday or the day before, yes. like when we were talking about this, being like, do not do that. I do not want that. Not that I feel like that should be stated, nor should she have to say right? that, but like fair enough like I guess you need to put a disclaimer now like please don't throw objects at me on stage well that's actually what this thing said is like uh <laughs> wait let me scroll through this article this feels like journal club where I'm last second like scroll I'm like where was that oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that no fair but okay I think I was reading somewhere in this article that now they're updating stadiums to have signs it used to say like no mosh pits no whatever and now it has oh. to say no throwing things like this is a changing culture now it's happening so much 100% um the craziest one that I saw recently was someone threw, like, their mother's ashes at Pink. Did you hear that? It's kind Wait. of... Wait! Like, yes. Gross. That's, like, a boundary that should not be crossed in any sense. For so many people involved. Like, even the loved ones. Exactly. Right? I, oh, so interesting. Like, I wonder whose idea I have ashes was. someday, my crusty little, like, great-great-granddaughter better not be throwing my ashes on someone's stage. Uh, oh, my God. I know. Could you imagine, like, writing it into your will or something like that? Or, yes. like, <laughs> or, like, like someone else is be doing stated. it. I know, yeah. I know. Oh my God, no, I could never. Oh man, poor Pink too. And like, yeah. Also, when you think about like how tight regulations are, I just had this thought with like getting into stadiums and concerts. Yeah. How did it? I don't think they came in an urn. But do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> I don't know. There's such like strict security. Like sometimes I can't get like my like lip gloss through, and I'm like, I swear That's I'll so put true. it on right now. But like, <laughs> yeah. You want to see the Fenty? Exactly. <laughs> Oh my god, and that's why I'm like, oh, that's like kind of impressive that they got all of that in, and so I'm like, I wonder what you're sneaking it in with, like, I don't know, I don't know. Were you one of the lucky people that attended the Eras tour? I was not, here's the thing, so I am a Taylor Swift fan, like, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely not as dedicated, many other people are much more deserving of the title of a Swifty and, like, fan in general, Um, but in 2015, I went to a concert uh, her concert in Santa Clara area in California. Wait, I would have loved that era. Because that's the era that so I love. Like, I'm the same yes. because I'm not a current day Swifty, but I was like a fearless, like, teardrops on my guitar. Like, any time from probably, like, before I went to college. Did we go to the college in the same era? Like, I think I was in college 2013 and on. 2013. I was college 2014 and on. Yeah, we're like a year apart. Okay, okay. okay. same era then. Yeah. Anything. So, okay, so your primary era was like before then, kind of? A little bit, Taylor a little Swift? bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's like red. Was I think red man? Yes, you know, red. Okay, yeah. I love yeah, 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 yeah. red. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, my see, God. that's the thing is like, I'm like, oh, I'm not a Swifty. But then, like, if you put any of those era songs on, I know like every single word to oh. like red. <laughs> 100%. Like, that's the thing. Like, I've heard those songs like in and out, like every single. And I have a coworker. He's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Really? And so, Did like, when we're in the office, he's going to go. Um, oh, is it Ju- yes, it's July okay. now, right? So, like, in like yes. two weeks, I think. And, yeah, in two weeks, he's going. And so, I've listened to every song on the new album like 800 times and then all the oh old gosh. stuff like a million other times but mm-hmm. um I was not super like big on the train of like getting the tickets but hopefully everyone that wanted them was able to I've seen such cute TikToks of like dads taking their daughters I know, like, I know. at the actual like concert or like outside like listening from outside of stadiums and I'm like this is so cute I know you know what I miss truly is the era of um you know the Disney Channel song like send it on with like Miley Cyrus Demi Lovato yes uh Selena oh. Gomez. Oh my god, I can't believe yes. that. Yes, Selena Gomez yes. and like the Jonas Brothers. That was such a magical like time. I think it was, that was when we were in middle school, maybe. Yes. No, I live for that. That was like I didn't like watch MTV much uh, growing Me up. Me neither. I, like, that was my. M- those are like my MTV music videos. Like my. 
same, same, same. <laughs> I love them. No, I live, I, like, they felt like mini collabs. Like, if you want to call yes. it that, like, back in the day, I was like, it's like a crossover event. Like, I yes, the crossover eat it all up. I was a fan. No, no doubt. I know. Oh, my gosh. Those were happier times. The other, the yeah. other day, I heard Starships by Nicki Minaj, and I was like, <gasps> like, instantly my body was transported. Yes, yes. I was oh. like the national anthem. Like, that <laughs> No, I love it. There, there's certain songs, and I probably feel the same way, that, like, take you mm-hmm. back to, like, yes. certain eras or period of time. And, like, they're just good vibes, like, through and yes. through. And they'll never, what is like... yours? Oh, my God. I'm trying to think, like, okay, I'm a huge Jason Derulo fan. I can't me explain too. it to you. Everyone makes fun of me for it, and I stand by it. That man and every song... He's like, so good. He, he, what song It, it is a little hard? corny, but I can't yes. help but, like, all of his songs. Jason Derulo, um, It Girl was one of my it, favorites. Um, do do you remember i like that one too like Mm -hmm. i loved like um or is that jay sean okay now i'm getting confused jason derulo (laughs) jason derulo that's another thing that i missed (laughs) (laughs) i just had to jog my memory that's another thing i I noticed is they don't do that like little thing anymore like you know how people say like uh like dj khaled Khaled, same thought same thought yeah dj khaled i feel like Pipple, Pipple has his little Pipple, like, rip. yeah, Mr. Oh, Five, yeah. <laughs> and I live for it. Don't you feel like, or I don't know if these producers just don't make songs anymore, but I feel like the best songs started with like mustard on the beat or like yes. um, like some like kind of introduction of. I'm like, where are these like producers? Are they not making music anymore? No, great question. I'm always like, because I feel like Sage of Gemini had some stuff like yeah, that, and yeah. like gas pedal. You like mu- exactly. <laughs> You knew exactly what was about to like go down like right after you heard that, and I'm like, where is that era? Like, where are we now? Like, but I know it just it everything ebbs and flows. It's just so interesting. I feel like we might have a comeback. We might have like a revival of that. I hope so because be you know what I realized. I think this is. I think the genre of music that we're talking about is like early 2000s wedding pop, <laughs> like wedding R and B and hip hop. Because like it's like wedding bangers that you dance to. Apps, I could not agree more. I feel like, okay, we're at the age, I think, like, our friends are getting married and things like that. Yes, so, like, everyone's exactly. asking, oh, do you have a preference of, like, a song to play in, like, the RSVP or something? And I'm like, yes. in my head, it's, like, the same 10, 20 songs. <laughs> I'm like, I think we're all having, like, a universal experience right now where, like, this is kind yeah. of, like, if we're all on the dance floor, like, this is, a, it's about to go down. God. Exactly. Hesha, like, nothing Timber, matters. there you go. Yes, Timber. Oh, my God, Timber. I was just thinking Timber. That was oh such God. a bop. That, like, little, like, uh, harmonica part in the beginning goes hard yeah no <laughs> you were so good at like recalling like you're, yeah oh my god i, I love it oh my this goodness is the only music i listen to <laughs> no you know what else i've been obsessed with like old school disney like high school musicals yes. high school cheetah music. girls you can't make me stop i literally I live, live for it wait mare you need my playlist so i made this like, disney channel playlist to like for my inner child for my first okay. day of work coming up um oh. it's on spotify <laughs> I'm dead. Wait, side tangent. Did you play the Disney Channel computer games? Okay. I want to say yes. Can you jog my memory on sure. like, what some of the... Yes. There, there's Lilo and Stitch and Stitch is catching a sandwich. The sandwich one? <laughs> yes, Connie. Okay, I was like, okay, I don't want to like expose myself here and just be like, you mean the Stitch sandwich <laughs> game, right? Because I played that. Da- I have vivid oh, memories of sitting in the dark and being like playing that game. My eyes like glued yes. to a screen. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. There's that one. There was this one Kim Possible one. This is what reminded me. Um, I think it was lesser known, but there was a Kim Possible one where you have to like, it's just like Kim Possible fighting and like stuff and oh, dodging things. Yes. I forgot what no, it was that sounds familiar as well. Yeah. Like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. you just press like the two buttons and like go around and up and down things, but like, you, like fight. Slap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what else did I play on there? Oh, this one was so good. I distinctly remember like going to my friend's house and playing this. It's the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and it's like the mansion and it's. 
it's half like animated, half real. It's their heads, and they're going yes. around the mansion hiding from Maddie. Because like if they they get in trouble, if they run into Maddie or London, I think. But it's like the two of you guys, and you have to like move around the mansion or the what? hotel. It's like multiple floors, right? Like, yes, have, yes, like, yes, 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 yes. It's coming back to me, a hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Um, let me think of any other games. <sighs> wow, I just feel so many like so much like trauma lifted off me i'm like wow it's a simpler time that was such a better time Honest, so much life has been lived doesn't it feel like a whole like complete like different life like like thinking about it's what really we do so now funny. and like how we used to spend our time like you said like wow no i know literally right, right before this um i was writing my like workplace asked me to send them a bio yes okay wait how's it going it's it, it's good but like typing it up i'm like when did this happen literally because i was like went to pharmacy school met my fiance got engaged mm-hmm. um what else? I graduated from dental school, and like, we have a dog now, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, when did this happen? I feel like the last ten years have flown by, which is crazy. One hundred percent. I feel like, especially when you're in healthcare, kind of like mm-hmm. the whole pathway of like schooling and everything, it feels kind of like a vortex in a sense. But um, yes, it's cool when you get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no that. But do you have Stockholm syndrome at all? Because I kind of do. Because like, I almost, I don't miss dental school, but yeah. It was definitely hard for me to, like, graduate because I was, like, I'm going to miss my friends. Now that I'm out of it, I'm, like, okay. But, like, it was, like, kind of sad leaving because I was, like, I'm never going to, like, just grocery shop with my friends on a random Saturday again. 100%. I think I felt it after undergrad because we all, like, all Mm. used to live really close. And then pharmacy school, I lived in San Francisco, so everyone was kind of all over the place. And um, COVID hit the last year of my pharmacy school, like, experience. So we were already, like... We were all sort of all over the place to do our clinical rotations, rotations and, and stuff. they like kind of felt like we like needed to be. But I think in general, like the healthcare experience, yes. Like part of me is like kind of sad. Like I miss almost the classroom classroom almost, learning, which right? like almost, which like everybody who's doing it now is probably gonna be like literally why. Yeah, like yeah, me, you're yeah. not missing anything. You forgot how terrible yeah. it is. But <laughs> when you get to like clinical practice and I feel like out in the like real world doing your thing, like you kind of like learn to appreciate all the times where you got to sit down and really like dive deep into things. Um, yeah. so for me, yeah, I definitely like had that sense, um, kind of near the end of undergrad and then mm. near the end of residency. Luckily, like I, like I mentioned, like I'm staying on and so I have like a good like, yeah. group and network. Just crazy because it's like the problems that you think are problems when you're in school are like not problems. Like I'm like, exactly. okay, like, yeah, we were drowning in schoolwork, but I miss when it didn't take me like two business, like two months to plan things with friends, you know, like I could just like hang out with them whenever. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think that's like goes to like kind of like appreciating every stage of the journey, right? Like mm. I also like something I've caught myself like looking back now and like that I want to be really intentional about moving forward is like I don't want to keep like having this I haven't even found like a way to name it. Maybe you can help me with this like this whole like destination like obsession. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I am definitely guilty of that. I've always been like looking to the next thing like what am I doing next? Like where am I going? How do I get there? And like now that I'm out of kind of all of that, like really appreciating each moment. But that's not to say that even when like about the last couple of years, the last nine years of this journey, like I've definitely tried to em- embrace that and embody it. But I think more mentally so. Um, yeah. Moving forward, I think will be like a big game changer. So we'll see. I think destination obsession is like a really good way to put it because it's almost like we don't know who we are without our goals. What do you think is like... Well, actually, this is, like, defeating the purpose because I know that we just got here. But, like, what is your, like, kind of dream in the future now? Because it's kind of like you're here now. So it's like, what's next for you? That's a great question. You know, somebody, for me, doing this, emergency medicine Mm. for sure. I see myself here for I don't know how long. I've heard that, like, depending on, like, what shift I end up, like, moving into full time, whether that be, like, overnights or something. Like, we'll see how feasible that is for me for however long a period of time. But I definitely see myself clinical bedside practice for a mm-hmm. good number of years. 
Um, I think the really the only other big thing that I kind of see for myself, and I never really thought about it until um, kind of movements were made within our institution as far as like revamping and like really focusing on residents is I think I'd love to work with residents in the future, whether that be in like, um, like the oversight capacity or anything like that. Like part of the reason I stayed was because this institution gave me so much and I want to be able to do the same to others who come through. But I could totally see myself like working with residents being like an education enterprise type um, and like really helping format what it looks like and kind of pushing the practice. And it's not something I ever like thought I wanted. Like I love Mm. what I do, but like after hearing about it and like seeing like kind of like where the program I came from, um, I think I could totally do that in the future or you'd be so good at it. I hope so. I would love it. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I, I know it sounds so dumb. I love what I do. And so mm-hmm. I just want other people to really love what they do and to like make the residency experience as painless, but as fruitful as possible, I think would be um, something I would really enjoy doing uh, in the future. So we need more people like you that love what they do to be in positions of teaching, because that is like so vital. Like everyone has had that like person that's supposed to teach them before where like they hate what they do and it's just like this is not it like you need someone that loves what they do to be teaching like the next generation because it's contagious like to have to be working with someone that loves what they do so much it's like you feel the energy and like it's so good totally and I think that's the type of thing that comes off of people like when I think about like my um, interview experience for residency like everyone Mm. was like oh like what do you mean by like the people like how can you pick up on a vibe when you meet people virtually especially in this new era of virtual interviews which makes things much more accessible which is great but it's kind of like how do people talk about their job like what are they excited about what do you see them smile about when they talk about it oops my headphones um (laughs) what are the like what are the things they say they like to do outside of the hospital is everything centered around their job do they have other hobbies do they have activities like do they light up about the work that they're doing do Mm. they have plans for the future do they see their themselves here in a long-term capacity and I think all of those things kind of lend themselves to um, people feeling positively about what they do and so I think those are the types of things that like I try to pick up on and of course try to emulate back outwards so like people see that about what I do and hopefully if they're thinking about it want to like talk to me more about it or if they're thinking something else I love pharmacy in general I love healthcare in general to be honest i my, mm-hmm. my entire family is engineers, and so, like, I think about it. Really? Like, oh. It sounds nice. I was like, oh, it's not, so this, this looks good. And I was like, this seems great. But I was like, I think this was definitely the path for me. And as, like, somebody who's, like, learned to, like, love and accept all of that, um, I just want other people to, like, be secure in their choice as well. I love that. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's, like, such a beautiful <laughs> feeling to feel like you're energetically, like, where you're meant to be. You know? Yeah. It's like an energetic 100%. kind of feeling. Yeah, so now we're on human interest. So this okay. just, like, gave me the bejeebies. I was so oh. scared. Oh, hold on. Let me pull up this article. Um, This just unlocked a new fear, which maybe it's good for our emergency medicine pharmacists to, you know, be able to weigh in on this and let us know. Yes. But a Massachusetts woman who was missing for a week was found alive after getting stuck in the mud at a local state park. I didn't know you could get stuck in the mud like that. I didn't either. I It's like giving quicksand, but I'm pretty sure quicksand right vastly different and a local state park like I know they're very va- like I'm I'm in Sacramento area so we have like a bunch uh-huh. of like national parks state parks uh, and whatnot like around us and like yeah. we'll get kind of like interesting cases people will like have fallen off the sides of like cliffs and like edges and whatnot and like yeah. he's stuck like I've had pretty bad frostbite cases because we have like we're close frostbite? to frostbite what do you do for frostbite what's the protocol for that yeah, so you can use thrombolytics, so you can use things like Alteplase is what's most heavily uh, studied, and then you can use anticoagulation afterwards. There's mm-hmm. varying data on, like, systemic anticoagulation, uh, thrombolytic use versus, like, catheter-directed. Um, okay. So really, I think it depends on, like, your vascular department there and, like, kind of what your protocols are around it. Um, but it's, yeah, really interesting stuff. We have, like, um, we have obviously, like, cases of, like, missing 
campers and like hikers uh-huh. through the woods and whatnot who like get brought out and like come in for like general checks. Um, yeah. But mud, like you don't think about mud. You know what I mean? Like I'm like also, so intrigued. I just have to say you are like so smart because when I asked the frostbite thing, I thought you were going to say like, yeah, like a hot towel you put on. But then you were like thermolytics <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so not equipped. <laughs> no, and Connie, because honestly, like that was exactly the case. Everyone looked at me and they're like, so like, what do we, what do we do? And I was like, I'm going to need a moment. I will look yeah. into it and I will let you like my classic answer is that's a great question. Uh, let me look into it and I'll come chat with you all in the doc box real quick here. Um, so I, I like went on a deep dive. My co-res and I were both like, I, we don't learn about frostbite in pharmacy that's school. You know so what I mean? Like that's, that's not like, do we have a protocol? Like we got to look. <laughs> that's like the funny thing about being a pharmacist is you are like yeah. the catch all for all professions. Like people come to you for like DI questions for anyone that's like listening. that's not pharmacy. People will come to you for like, the most random questions. And 100%. then you'll be like, it can't be me. Like that's the most equipped to answer this. And then you'll think about it and you're like, Oh my God, it is me. Oh, I guess I better start researching. And then you got to like, just look up and be the wizard that pulls together all the information. Oh, 100%. Like a ch- someone's like, have you ever dealt with like a chicken bite before? Or like, I what? need help. I need help sending a like prescription to the outpatient and like I don't know I'm suddenly I'm doing it all and I was like I don't know what I'm doing I literally I was like let's click through the same things together and let's see what happens I was like your guess is as good as mine but happy to look you know it's funny they actually use ATVs to pull her out that's the only way that they could pull her out with ATVs I was like they chose violence and they really did they're like oh Mary's gonna go in there and be like oh ATVs are a no-go and then they're like actually that saved her life and I'm like fascinating I love ATVs now fascinating Oh my I god. Did. Think about how horrible that was though, because it says she was conscious and alert like the whole time. How oh, do you survive? Can you survive a full week without food and water? Okay, that's a great question. I'm like scrolling through this and she's like uh-huh. Okay, she's known for going on walks frequently without a cell phone. Oh my god. Or <laughs> You're like, add that to the list of things I don't want to do. Oh my god, yeah. Always take your cell phone with you. Oh yeah. my goodness. For a week. It seemed I mean, she probably wasn't doing too well, but she survived, so wow. And she only wonder... went for like observation. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's insane. Maybe it depends on, like, your, like, fat reserve. Also, if you're stuck in the mud, I thought, like, if your body was held in a position for so long that, like, you're, yeah. it would be bad for your muscles, like muscle atrophy and stuff. Exactly. No, that's what I'm wondering. Was it, like, her whole body? Like, did she fall in or was it, like, her leg? Because my other question is... Oh, that's true. Good question. The shoe? I, she probably... <laughs> that's true. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's probably, the, it was probably a very complicated. That's the other thing I'm learning is like with like the emergency department and like people come in and like you hear the initial story from like EMS or like from flight crew or something like you kind of have to make do with the info you have and you mm. usually don't get the full, full story, especially if like the patient themselves can't tell you until like a day and a half later. And mm. I was just like, sure, like whatever you like, <laughs> I guess that's like what we're working with. And it's not until you like that's the, like the worst part I feel like about coming to the emergency department as like uh-huh. one of these like big cases is like, like it's such a hectic environment. Like you get fully undressed and like you have to get fully oh, inspected yeah. and like, cause there could be so many distracting injuries and whatnot. And so right. like sometimes we discover things where like that does not match the story. So much yeah. more has happened, but um, <laughs> yeah. So part of me is just like, I, my like brain immediately just goes like, so like how much of the body, which part of the body, right, like where right, was right. it? Like, like what like what type of water were they around like did they drink any i don't know <laughs> yeah like what was like, the body of water was there any like uh like what was the bacteria in the water like that's exactly like, <laughs> do they have any cuts like do they have any like open yeah. fractures like did they fall and hurt themselves like is this a trauma is there head injury like are they on a thinner i don't know always are you on a thinner that's like that gives, that gives me a lot of info <laughs> So. 
LinkedIn. Yeah. That's so funny. That reminds me of, um, well, one, I thought it was really interesting earlier when you were talking about your favorite things in emergency medicine. I actually enjoyed that you said one of your favorite parts is that you have to deal with limited information because yeah. for a lot of people that might be like a turnoff, but it's so cool that you find that like thrilling. It's, it's hard too, especially with like kids, like they can't obviously like everything's really overwhelming when they come yeah, in like scenarios like that gone. they don't know like they barely know how to explain it and then like even parents sometimes like it's it's tough mm. I try to put myself in their shoes and like I can't even imagine having your child like go through some of these things and like like it's very overwhelming and like they could be hysterical and it's like oh my god yeah. and so you kind of just do the best that you can with the information you have and so part of like me having the opportunity to be like work with EMS emergency medical services and like chat with them and like shadow mm-hmm. them for a couple days um, it's really great because like you kind of see what their interactions are like when they initially roll up to scenes like this yeah. and like how difficult it is for them to get these things like have a little bit more empathy and like understanding for like when they come into our trauma bay like they have been through a lot at this point right. you know what I mean? they are doing their best like what they have done and everything that's going on is because they needed to get this person here in a safe and quick fashion and like mm-hmm. there's so much that we don't see on the inpatient side that they go through in the field and so like going on my helicopter ride, like being with the ambulance. Oh my God. Like, tell everyone about that. How was the helicopter ride? <laughs> it was Connie phenomenal. I text my, like my uh, program director after I was like, thank you so much. I had the best time. This is my, like my number one memory. <laughs> I, I loved it. When else am I going to go on a helicopter around yeah. like my home? Like I live like my hometown's like near where I'm at now. So like Got it. get to see a lot of like the sites and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And like, the crew I was with was so cool. Like we like kind of just like rode around. They pointed out all the really cool stuff. They were like awesome. They two of them were nurses. Um, another one was like a pilot. Um, and so just chatting with them about like what their day to day looks like and what they've seen. And yeah, it was really really cool. I highly recommend if anyone has the opportunity or like sh- wants to shot like so cool so cool yeah oh my god now all the pharmacy students are going to be disappointed if they shadow an emergency medicine pharmacist and they're like when are we going on the helicopter yeah where's the helicopter (laughs) does it land here like and oh my god yeah no absolutely and like when it touches down and and it's so funny they're like oh do you get uh, motion sickness and I was like yeah no and then it like made me start overthinking I was like well maybe I will today like maybe today is the day they're like oh like we have have Zofran whatever and I was like oh okay like you can keep one in your pocket and then, like, as we're, like, ascending for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm motion. Like, I was like, keep it together. Like, it's not happening. Like, don't overthink it. It got much better. But, like, by the very end with all the fumes yeah. and, like, it was really hot that day. Uh, oh, it was definitely that's like, tough. Definitely. It's a very small compartment that you're in, too. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, you feel the motions, like, a lot more than, like, a plane or anything I like that. I could never... But- Oh my god, the ear hairs in my ear could never. I'm so... One time, my listeners are going to be sick of this story, because I think I always tell it whenever we talk about motion sickness, but Uh one time in elementary school, I got motion sick from one of my desk chair legs being uneven, (laughs) and me having to look at my sheet of paper. I was like, I feel sick. (laughs) No, fair. You know, like, it it could be the the smallest of things or the biggest of things. You know what I mean? Like, our bodies are so Mm -hmm. funny like that. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) I know. It's kind of pathetic. Side note, one last tangent before we go into the next one. Um, I actually love Zofran. If I could be any drug, I think I would be Zofran. Just because I love the relief that it gives people because I know how miserable emotion, like, just nausea is. So to be Zofran would be awesome. So if you could be a drug, what would you be? Oh, I love this question, Connie. I, like, prepare for, like, interviews (laughs) with it. I want to be Ceftriaxone. I think Ceftriaxone... So she a baddie. She mm-hmm. a what doesn't she do? Like tell, like you know what I mean. Like what do we really need the pseudomonal covers from Cephalopine? We do. We absolutely <laughs> right, 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 right. We right. absolutely do. But like Cephalopine, <laughs> if I'm seeing it on chart, if I'm seeing that order come through the queue, like what are, what are we working with? Am I thinking pneumonia? Is this a UTI? Are we going like kind of broad, a little bit different for a that. skin soft tissue? Like 
what is she doing? Is she an STI? Like, what is the dose? Like, that's going to tell me what's the route. Like, how often? Like, there's so much. And I, there's so much, like, you don't know until you, like, click in. And I'm like, ah, interesting. There's so, so like, much Steph, to learn from her. <laughs> so much mystery. So much, like, like you have to keep peeling back the layers. Stuff tracks right. like... She's very, she like, like, opens the door to cool things. Exactly, exactly. Love her. Big fan. With the no renal function, like renal oh, dose right, adjustment. Right. A pharmacist's <laughs> dream. Are you kidding I know, me? The, literally. the once daily and the only time you're doing twice is for like CNS. Co- Say less. Unproblematic. Say less. So unproblematic. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I'm so glad. Honestly, now I'm like, do I like Step Triax? <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, I feel you on Zofran. I feel like the yeah. like the three drugs I verified the most in the emergency department are Zofran, Tylenol, and I'm gonna go Catorlac. Catorlac is quite the like the IV Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last article. Now this is our feel good article. I just thought this yes. was interesting. So apparently, farmers markets are thriving since the pandemic as shoppers oh, and vendors that. form an unbreakable ritual. Do you have a farmers market near you? We do. And oh my God, everyone who like knows me is going to be like, you're the worst. It's like the Midtown Farmer's Market. And I haven't been me talking about work-life balance and I still haven't been. I need to go. I need yes. to absolutely go. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That would be so fun. I do love- you have one by you? So we did kind of, so we did in dental okay. school and it was like the cheapest place. You could get a carton of strawberries, like a normal size carton for like a dollar, like raspberries, a dollar, like those raspberries are expensive little berries. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the problem was, I swear there's like this magical spell on this farmer's market because you would be like there, buy all the stuff and be so excited. And then the second you step off the premises, everything molds and turns brown. And then you come oh. home and you're like, why did I buy this? Like, it's no. just, this looks bad. There was some magical spell on the farmer's market because there it would look so, like, vibrant, beautiful, fresh. And then at home, I'm like, this is literally Ryan. Like, this why did I buy this? <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my God. No, that's that's so important. I feel like, yeah, that's yeah. the part, right? You're, like, looking around. You're like, oh, like, this looks so good. And then all of a sudden, like, you kind of like turn some of them around. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're like, like, not yeah. so hot. They, they so put the hot. good ones on the top. On the top, um, exactly. Well, also that, I say farmer's market for that one because it's honestly like fake. Like the vendors, they were vendors, but they were selling yeah. like Driscoll. You know, like, like oh. name brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, they probably like purchased them and they're like, oh, here, like we'll bring them out. Like more exactly. you know? Oh yeah. my God. No, but like for farmer's markets, like I love whenever like I travel places with friends or something and we hear about a mm. farmer's market, we'll always make our way to it. Like in San Diego, the little Italy area has a farmer's one. market and like we hung out there for the entire morning, uh, like one of the days and love it. Like the fresh fruit and all the different like things you like the different flavors of popcorn and like the books and like, there's just so many different things. The flowers, mm. I'm such a sucker for flowers. So like just looking at them like brightens my day. Um, but Wait, no. I have to show you this really cute new flower vase that I got. Do you want to see it? Oh, me? I would love to see it. I know you didn't course. ask, but... Okay, no, I'm second. glad you Hold offered. <laughs> I literally just got her on Amazon, and I went to a wedding, so they gave me the flowers. But look oh, at how is cute it, like, ribbed? Yes, oh, it's ribbed. I'm obsessed. It's so cute, and the flowers look phenomenal inside. Thank you. Yeah, I will send oh, you the link. It was on Amazon. Please. And, like, let me tell you, it honestly, it wasn't, like, the cheapest vase, because, like, okay. well, I'm, like, new to buying flower vases, because I, I, this is a level of adulthood I haven't reached yet until now. Um, I was like, I didn't know that flower vases were this expensive, but it's kind of so worth it to me, because every day now that I see it, I'm like, oh, it makes me so happy. So I, I will send you the link of it. No, I feel like we were talking about growing up, like, do you now really, like, household items? Items, like glassware yes! like glassware 
sure. obsessed with glass. And like this kind of same vein, right? Where I'm just like, oh, I, I like neat. Like it makes me feel good. Like here we mm-hmm. are. Yeah. I, yeah. I just bought cups that kind of match these. They're like the ribbed ones. You know, the kind that everyone has. On yes. Car- okay. Literally. Cause you're like vase reminded me. And like, now I'm like, oh, this yes. is a sign. I also need to buy the cups. Cause I was looking on, um, Crate and Barrel and, uh, they're, uh, they're kind of expensive. They are. You know, t- have you tried Timu yet? I like, I've seen decided. it everywhere. Yeah. And it's like is the. It- <laughs> legit i have no idea part of me is like afraid and i have other friends yeah, yeah. who tried it and they're like oh no 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 it's legit and i'm like i just need to figure out yeah, yeah. what i'm willing to like pull the trigger on as far as like my losses if i need to cut them. <laughs> we're like okay let's let's do some risk benefit analysis here a hundred percent a hundred percent so no i love it that's so cute also the flowers love that color scheme oh my god thank you i know the bride did a really good job with everything but um i will send you the link to the glasses that i just got. it's like a set of like 12 like six of them are like little ones and then th- there's tall ones too so it's like a good variety Yes. Oh, I love that. Because sometimes I don't need, like, a huge glass. I just need a small Literally? One. I yeah. just had this conversation with my fiancé last night because I was dipping Oreos in milk. I'm like, I don't need a whole glass of milk. I need a no. little glass. It's like a little, like, shooter-sized glass of milk. <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, one last question before we take off for the day. So um, just, like, a random question I had. So are you always going to be a West Coast girly, or do you think you'll ever move? You know, it's funny. I've had a good number of friends on the East Coast who are like, oh, you just got to move out here. Like, the vibe yeah. is different. Like, you'd love it. I think I'm a West Coast girly. No offense okay. to the East Coast. I love the East Coast. I'm coming to New York uh, very soon here in North Carolina nice. to visit a good friend. Um, so I love the East Coast, love visiting. But I, I don't know. I grew up in California. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. I just, the weather, my proximity to some of the other things I think I just, like, know as, like, my childhood and, like, what I love to do is just here yeah um, so and that's not to say never though because like justin yeah, yeah. bieber said never say never so <laughs> your girl could like you Facts. i could be convinced you know what i mean it would, it would yeah, take a certain right. set of circumstances but never shut down to the opportunity or like against it but uh i think for the time being definitely west coast oh i'm so jealous because i've always wanted to move to the west coast i think i am an east coast girly at heart but okay. anytime i meet west coast people i'm always like you guys are just like cooler than us like you guys oh just are different <laughs> Wait, They're both different. Where are you from originally? I'm from Rhode Island originally. Okay, originally. Okay, 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 got you. So you've always been And then now I'm in Massachusetts. Yeah. Gotcha. Everyone okay. says, but the thing is everyone, people that don't know me think I'm either from New York or California. I would think Which I'm California. like honored. I am yeah, so yeah. honored that you think I'm one of you. No, yeah. I am. I am simply but an East Coaster like masking to be cool enough. But all my, like people from the West Coast are just so cool. Oh I don't know. <laughs> no, you're so sweet. If you're ever on the West Coast, by the way, you always have a place to stay with me. I would love to like meet up. With- yeah, no, literally anytime you come, like, because I know you said you're going to be in New York and um, the Carolinas, yes. but if you're ever in Massachusetts, you always have a place to stay. We just got a new oh guest room, so you're always welcome to stay. <laughs> Amazing. Well, wow. thank no. you so much for everything. Um, this was like such a fun conversation. Literally, I don't know how we like, it just felt like it went like that. <laughs> No, this flew by. I literally, Connie, it feels like I've known you forever. Like, I was like, I literally could just chat with you and like talk about the day to day. And like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, 100%. Like, <laughs> Give love- everyone like your, um, what's it called? Handle? Instagram handle? Like, where they can find you on any of the sites. <laughs> yeah, no, I think my Instagram is probably the easiest and quickest way to get to me. It's at mare.verk. So that. That's me. And then I have my at life on the farm podcast, but, uh, this has definitely inspired me. I definitely yes. want to pick up the mic again, start chatting about life, kind of like process some of these things and like share what I can and hopefully like help others because this journey is not easy, but people go through it. They make it through to the other side. And so if I can just be a beacon of light, a little bit of help, a little bit of hope 
that's all I can really, really ask for. So I love that. We will definitely be looking out for your new episodes and stuff. It'd be so cool to hear from your perspective, like, you know, like life after residency and stuff like that. Like, I would love to hear like new emergency medicine pharmacist, like life thoughts, you know, and thank you so much for everyone for listening. That's all we have for today. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Yeah.